Hey, how you doing? I'm Steve Follen. Thank you for downloading another episode. This one supported by Freelancer Magazine, helping you grow a freelance business you love, sharing inspirational stories from freelancers around the world, freelance-specific business advice, practical tips, trends, events, and lifestyle features. It's made by freelancers for freelancers. If that's you, get it in your post box or your inbox, because there's a digital version too. But if I were you, I'd get those sweet glossy pages in your hand to subscribe just as many freelancers around the world already have head to freelancermagazine.co.uk but right now let's find out what it's like being freelance for webflow expert robert smart don't be afraid to take the risks especially in my community fear tends to keep us back from achieving the things that we want to achieve I went on freelancing. I took a massive risk. I didn't know things were going to work out. Just create content for yourself 10 years ago. So what would you want to actually learn? And that's what I'm currently doing. Like, okay, Robert, 10 years ago, you didn't know this. So I'm going to teach you that. It took me quite a while to get comfortable in front of a camera. All I'm thinking about is my family needs to feed, so Robert, just get over it. (laughs) They need to eat, I need to feed them, so just get over it, get over yourself. It's so cool, the way a previous guest plays into this story, so Robert's story coming up in a moment. This past week has been pretty busy in the Being Freelance community. We did a live Q&A with Colin Gray from thepodcasthost.com, all about podcasts. It was so good every question was brilliant every answer was amazing and i felt like we could have gone on for hours if you're already in the community do go back and watch the replay with colin it's in there for you right now if you're not come join us we have loads of them that you can already watch we'll be doing even more going forward as well we also do a bonus podcast called the freelance disco which is like a freelancer sharing the soundtrack to their freelance life Loads going on in there, plus virtual co-working and more besides. So, yes, if you haven't already, what are you waiting for? Come and try it out. If it's not for you, fine, you can head off again, but I reckon it will be. So come and join us. Join in as well, beingfreelance.com slash community. Right now, let's head over to South Africa. In fact, we're going to Cape Town, more specifically, to chat to Robert Smart. Hey, Robert. Hey, Steve. It's good to be on your podcast, man. Thanks so much for coming on. Um, as ever, how about we get started hearing how you got started being freelance? Yeah, so um, I grew up in a very poor area here in Cape Town. Uh, life wasn't always as uh, easy as one would think, but I eventually decided that you know I wanted to go study. I went to go and study full time. Um, I'm actually a graphic designer by trade, but then as the years progressed, I started going more online and focusing on designing and developing websites. So uh, a couple of years back, about six, seven, eight years ago, I started moving more into the no-code space because of the agency I worked at. But the the reason why I went freelance is uh, prior to COVID, my my brother was killed in in the area we stayed. And uh, what happened was I always wanted to go back to my, my previous high school in order just to, to, to give back to my, my whole mindset was to help these kids understand that, you know, 
where they are currently is not where they will end up. There are lots of opportunities to go and study, to further their, their education, you know, to get themselves out of the situation that they are currently in. Uh, my plan was to connect with someone who already started something in that area, but then COVID happened, <laughs> and uh, I actually went freelance, or I started on my own as a freelancer a month before COVID happened. So that was February, and then March month, I think, it hit the whole world, and um, now I, I made a, a – a, I won't advise some people do this. So I went on my own without any savings, right? I had no backup plan. My only backup plan was to sell my car, which will give me about three months leadway. Um, and then COVID happened, and I was like, man, what the heck am I going to do? You know, um, I just hustled very hard. And what, one of the things I like to do is when I work on my personal project, I like to treat it as a, a client project. And that's where I started strategizing. And I'm like, okay, first thing, I need to push out a lot of content. Um, I pushed out LinkedIn content. I pushed out content on Dribble and Behance and all of these platforms. And that's how I eventually got working through LinkedIn mostly and my, and my, and my website. So that's how I... I uh, went from you know having no money to eventually getting a lot of work in that I was able to sustain myself and my family. I actually doubled my income. Interesting, that first year of freelancing, I doubled my income during the COVID period. So you, prior to that, you were at an agency. Yes, I was at an agency because it's an inbound marketing agency I worked at. So I learned quite a lot from them. Um, and I was able to implement a lot of those strategies because I, we used to work with different clients all over the world. And some of the same strategies I just implemented on my own. I'm like, man, I might as well just test it out and see if it's going to work. It seemed like your motivation to go freelance wasn't so much about a change in work or a change in finances, even though that happened, but like something else? Yeah. The only way I was going to be able to help, um, like I said, these young people, um, students to see, I, I almost wanted to be, to play like the, you no, know, the big brother role. That was what was what I wanted to do. But I was motivated more because my brother died. Um, I was like, man, the only way I can give back to my community and to, to tell these kids, listen, man, there are better opportunities was to actually not work full-time. Right, so it was to free up your schedule, free up your time so that you could go into the into the school and give your time in a different way that you wouldn't have been able to if you were just working full-time in an agency. Exactly, because, I mean, um, I travelled for about sometimes two hours a day just to get to the office right, and back home. So right. bulk of my time was, uh, you know, travelling back and forth, and then I'm at the office whole day, so where would I find time? But I can't do it during the weekends because weekends, you know, everyone's at home. So how do I get them to come back to school? Yeah, ma'am. I'm so sorry to hear about your brother. But what what a wonderful reason to go freelance that I don't think has come up before. But so it <laughs> it freed up your time. But you're in that pandemic period. So you're, I, you know, I always sort of say your first client. So it sounds like your first clients came through LinkedIn. And through that inbound marketing, so like 
how much time were you spending on that marketing? Like what were you putting out there that, that was being effective? The content that I pushed out was mostly UX and Webflow related. I don't think there was at that time many freelance Webflow developers. Maybe there were, I don't know. Uh, but I, I just got a lot of leads in. My focus was to take on any work that I could get. And I thought, okay, I might as well just niche down on this whole Webflow thing. I mean, my goal was to at least once per day post something on LinkedIn. And that's what I did five days a week, post every day, once a day. Uh, even now, I'm, I'm trying to double down on content creation. And especially around Webflow, user experience, growth-driven design, all of those kind of things. But that's how I initially got clients in or leads in via LinkedIn by creating consistent content. So you decide because you notice that people are coming to you for Webflow, you start talking about Webflow more and it starts bringing you more and more work. Like, How did it sort of evolve? Of course, that, that first year sounded like it went really well for you. Yeah, so um, during that first year, right? so I, I, I got leads in via LinkedIn, word of mouth, my previous agency that I worked at, um, then my own personal website because of uh, the strategy that I worked at. Then one of the things I also did was, and, and this is probably where you discovered me on Twitter, um, on one of Rancy Girls posts, uh, I actually asked him to review my website, you know, because I just developed this new website and I wanted to see what he, th- he thought of because I followed him on, on YouTube. And um, he did that. You know, I'm grateful, Ran, if you ever listen to this. Thank you for reviewing my website. Um, with that, um, I, uh, I got a lot of traffic to my website. And that's how it just started climbing the rankings, Google rankings. So eventually I landed up, I think within six months, I was on the first page of Google when you typed in Webflow Designer South Africa or Cape Town or whatever. I was on one of those first uh, pages. And eventually things just started going my way. I got so busy because I just took work. You know how we are. Like you just take work on. <laughs> like, oh, come on, come on, come on. And that's what I did. I took on a lot of work um, to a stage where I realized, oh, man, I can't carry on like that. It's just I'm going to burn out. Um, and I read all these articles and YouTube videos and all of these things and like, be careful of burnout and you know all of these things and i'm like okay i'm going to burn out if i don't think of a plan so and that's when i decided okay let me just try and hire a few people just to take on this overflow of work and that's when i i think two years into uh, this whole freelance thing i uh, decided okay it's probably best just to start a company and um, start employing people and see where i can take this and so did you hire them as in like a full-time employee or as on a freelance basis? Uh, at first, I just I ran a test to see, okay, let's see if you work on a freelance basis for six months. Uh, let's see how it goes. Because I don't know, I can't promise any work or anything like that. And, and one of my first uh, employees um, is still with me for like two years later. Um, two or three years, uh, he I gave him also like a six month period. Like, okay, let's just see, you'll freelance. Uh, you know, I'll pay you this much, and then let's just see how where it goes. And he, I really enjoyed w- that working relationship. That I thought, okay, let me just you know em- employ him full time, and then 
if he wants to leave after a couple of years, it's fine. You know, um, at least we enjoyed each other's company and we are able to, uh, you know, part ways on a on a good note, I guess. So you actually enjoyed, um, you know, because it is a thing, right? You you enjoy doing the work, you hire people, and then suddenly it means managing other people's workloads, reviewing their work, and all of that, as well as dealing with the client. Like you, you enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, what I enjoy is the initial stage. I, I like meeting new people, and and I decided that in order to you know, uh, what currently I am not doing a lot of webflow work uh, in terms of development, right? So I mentor these other people like, okay, this is how we do it. I like sitting with clients, working out strategies that will help them grow. grow. The reason why I do that is because I, I realized that, especially in the startup scene, there are some businesses that only last for about two years, two to three years. You know, they say that two to three years are very critical. And I realized that most of the, the businesses tend to close close doors after that two, three years period because, you know, there's no funds coming in, there's nothing. So I prefer working out strategies for them in terms of, you know, how can we grow you online or your business online, generate those leads, and then you can close them. So that's what I, what I, what I do enjoy doing. And obviously, people management, that, that comes with its challenges, you know, <laughs> especially if you are, a uh, perfectionist like myself, like I like to uh, pick nit- like when I when I get stuff to review, I'm like, man, this is not right. We can't send this out. All of those things, I, I quite enjoy the whole QA process as well, making sure everything goes out perfectly. It's interesting you say about um, you know. So first of all, you notice people come to you for Webflow, and then you spot the fact that actually, yeah, I can build your website but what is it trying to achieve what is the strategy behind that so it's it's a it's evolving what you're offering how do you sort of have that conversation though like how do you like to bring that up if somebody comes to you and you want to go deeper um so what i what i actually when i do uh the initial you know call with the client there's a book i read some time back that's called the Introvert's Edge by uh, Matthew Pollard, right? So um, I thought, man, listen, let me, I'm kind of an introvert. This was a few years, a year, about a year or two back. And I'm like, man, this sounds very interesting. I don't know how to deal with people. Uh, let me just learn. And and what he, what he suggests is you create a script. And you, on the script that you create for yourself, when you speak to clients, you try and memorize it. And I, I've created the script and I memorized it. As part of the script, I try and speak about, you know, I try and figure out uh, various questions that will help them or allow them to answer it in such a way that I can use it for my proposals. All right. So I also listen to a lot of um, Jonathan's talks, you know, why questions. I, I tend to, to ask all those why questions as well. And uh, when I talk to them, I discuss this process that I follow. And usually during that, that stage, uh, when they see, okay, you focus on, you know, whether it be creating wireframes or uh, doing a discovery session where you learn more about not just the business's goals and pain points, but the end user's pain points. So all of those discussions uh, or part of this process, the prospect, once they learn 
what I can do. Then I'm like, okay, man, uh, maybe you should just let us know what that will cost us. Because a lot of times I don't think they they know what they want until you ask the right questions, to, and then I, I just send off a proposal based on on their pain points and say, listen, okay, so when we were chatting, this is what I found out, this is what I discovered, and um, this is how I can address it. Nice. I'm just gonna while it sticks in my head, zip back to when you asked Ran Seagal to look to review your website so ran was on the podcast years ago and even then actually he was creating content around webflow so he has a big youtube channel you're obviously watching that so on the youtube channel was he asking or was he saying hey i'll review your website get in touch sort of thing was was that how it happened or did you just approach him cold yeah exactly i um i I created my my web my webflow website and um and I was thinking, like, how can I get more eyeballs on my website? And I just dropped him a cold email. I said, Ren, listen, man, my website was developed in, in, in Webflow. Um, I always see you creating these YouTube videos with, uh, you know, where you review uh, Webflow's website. Do you mind doing mine as well? I sent him that on the Friday and on the Sunday. I just saw this massive spike in views, <laughs> right? I saw this massive spike in views, and I'm like, what the heck is going on? Because i got Google Analytics on my phone. I'm like, why is this a spike? And then I, I, I went on to YouTube, and I saw he actually reviewed my website, and I was so happy he did that day because uh, it was a long shot day. It was a long shot. <laughs> wow. So then that makes your website go higher in Google. One of the things I noticed on your website is the level of detail that you go into your case studies. You know, it isn't just a a small portfolio clip. You go deep into that strategy that we were talking about uh, and kind of lay it out. Those sort of things take quite a long time, but they're worth it. They are. A lot of people do reach out to me and say, man, I really loved your case studies. Um, I find the detail very nice. That's exactly what I, what we want you to do for us. So that was just me putting my thoughts to to paper, if I can put it that way. And uh, it's a strategy that I used, and it's and it seemed to be working. And uh, even on my own and the company's website, we're using something similar as well. Okay, so here's a thing. So you decide you're going to bring people on, and you give that a company name rather than just you know, have people underneath you and you're the figurehead sort of thing. So your company is? 59er Digital, 59ER Digital. And how does your personal brand sort of sit alongside that, if that makes sense as a question? Um, <laughs> <laughs> if it doesn't, throw it back in my face. <laughs> so no, no, I, I understand. What I'm currently doing is I'm currently putting a lot of focus on becoming an expert, right? I realized that, I mean, obviously I've studied a lot of these other experts like Chris Doe and Gary Vaynerchuk, um, Russell Brunson is one of those as well. So if you look at the followers they have, as experts, they've got more followers than their businesses. And that means that they are bringing work in 
because because they are becoming the expert in the in the industry, and that's exactly what I am planning on doing as well. So I'm creating all this content to set myself up because I mean I've got all this knowledge and a year's worth of experience, and I thought, okay, how do I actually share it with people? And uh, one of the things that I've learned is that just create content for yourself ten years ago, you know. So what would you want to actually learn? You know, and that's what I'm currently doing. Like, okay, Robert, 10 years ago, you didn't know this. So I'm going to teach you that. And that's how I'm creating my content. 10 years ago, what, what did I not know? And then I, I teach myself that. And people see you doing that, being seen as the expert. But actually, if they want you to build their website, it feeds into your company. Exactly. So you're creating a lot of content. What have you experimented with in terms of content creation? I'm mainly focusing on LinkedIn at the moment. The, the, the content that I tend to create for LinkedIn is mostly uh, you know, carousels, PDFs that I put on LinkedIn, sometimes a lot of personal stuff as well. That seems to do well. But I've noticed that the, if you create videos under 10 minutes on, on LinkedIn, those also do extremely well extremely well so i'm like okay let me just go and experiment with that and now i'm trying to create more videos sharing my knowledge on linkedin because you know uh, uh, yes creating personal i mean if you are a writer you might just want to write something some people are not comfortable uh it took me quite a while to get comfortable in front of a camera so i'm just like okay all, all i'm thinking about is my family needs to feed so robert just get over it <laughs> They need to eat. I need to feed them. So just get over it. Get over yourself. Good motivation. Yeah. And are you also doing videos for YouTube or you're you're picking one platform and sticking to it in the form of LinkedIn? So I'm creating YouTube videos, but I'm using it on, on LinkedIn as well. There are obviously right. certain portions that I cut out for, for, for LinkedIn purposes and also to make the videos a little bit shorter. Uh, but I think this is the strategies that, that I've seen a lot of um influencers do they create one long form content and then they just cut it up into snippets and start posting it everywhere instead of just trying to create something new every time every week every day you just create one long form and that's your week's worth of content maybe i'll create a blog post right right so i create this long form blog post then i would take that same blog post and i would create a youtube video I'll create a LinkedIn post, normal post, Twitter post as well. You might be able to get away with seven to eight posts or five to six around about there uh, of this long form blog post that you can cut up into pieces. And obviously you've got the YouTube and on, when you create this YouTube video, you can cut that up as well into snippets that you can start posting onto uh, these various social media platforms. <music> Back with Robert in a moment. If you're new to freelancing, as in you're thinking about going freelance, you've just started, maybe you're in your first year. Did you know that I also uh, have a course for new freelancers? I started this in 2021 and it takes both my knowledge as a freelancer, but also of all of the guests, the hundreds of people that I have spoken to, which I think makes it different to what else is out there. It tells you everything from getting in that business mindset to marketing yourself, getting clients, dealing with clients, how to balance work and life so that you don't burn out. 
it's all in there and it's all at beingfreelance.com slash course yes i made it in 2021 but i also update it all the time like hannah dossery who was on just the last episode her quotes are already in there for example so do check it out and if you take the course you get six months free membership to the being freelance community as well so you can surround yourself by really lovely people doing what you do or want to be doing so beingfreelance.com slash course right let's get back to robert you've also for the last year or two been podcasting right yes uh, that is a very very interesting journey i'm doing it with a coast uh, called a guy called brandon tankot also based here in South Africa, but he's in another city, Pretoria. He reached out to me uh, two years ago, I think, or uh, about a year or two years ago. And he said, Robert, listen, man, I want to create something, but I don't know what, what platform we should, and I'm, I'm kind of keen to collaborate with you on it. So I just said, listen, let's just try this whole podcast thing. A lot of people keep on saying, just do a podcast, man. Uh, you get, you'll get... Uh, uh, you'll get more warmer leads from podcast. Um, I'm yet to test that theory out. <laughs> but um, we've been at it for about a year, a year and a bit. And there are times when you feel like not doing it. But I think we just got into a habit of trying to do it at least once a week and just share it with everyone. Um, there was a time where I was actually thinking like, why are we actually doing this podcast? You know, you have these all these negative negative thoughts coming into your mind. It's like, nah, it's no one's listening to you anyway. Why are you continuous continually doing it? But then someone in the meetup group was actually listening to us. And he was actually saying, Listen, I have been listening to you guys and I find your podcast episodes very valuable. And uh, from that day on, it was like, man, we're just going to carry just for that one person. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that one guy who's listening to us almost every week. So we're just going to create it for him. And I, and I think sometimes that boost, it just gives you that boost, like, okay, there are people listening to you. So let's just carry on. You mentioned meetup, though. What, what sort of meetup are we talking about? So uh, we've been growing a community here in South Africa, a, a Webflow meetup. Right, so uh, actually, it's a Webflow meetup about it. We're looking at no code and low code mostly. Um, all these platforms plus you know other experts we get into to do like a, a short talk on uh, you know maybe user experience design. We had a guy speaking about landing pages, how to optimize landing pages. So uh, we we've been growing it online mostly, and a couple of months back we took over the whole Cape Town chapter. Uh, Webflow meetup, and uh, we've just been pushing at it. I think uh, in the last two to three months, we've we've actually grew it quite exponentially. This is the first time we're actually having an in-person meetup, and I think about sixty people wanted to rock up. And unfortunately, we could only cater for about thirty. The venue that we hired, or not the pizza place that we got, uh, you know, because they, you know, we just had to buy pizzas. Uh, big up to them as well. Uh, <laughs> So we couldn't accommodate all of them. Um, and, and that was just, uh, for me, it was just mind-blowing how many people are hungry for that in-person connection. You know, you always see these guys online, you hear about them, you attend these online meetup, meetups, but being there in person, so there's just something special happen, you know, or happening at that pleasant moment where you can chat to people like, oh, that's what you look like. 
you know uh, okay that's what you sound like in real life <laughs> so uh, yeah that was that was very very exciting uh, um, and i think i think we we're slowly getting to a stage where we're planning on doing more in-person events amazing so was that something that you and brandon your podcast um co-host is that something that you two started online or are you saying that you've taken over another meetup that was already happening yeah so i i was actually helping him to grow the pretoria webflow meetup uh, chapter you know um or community so is that sorry is that linked to webflow itself yeah when you say it a is chapter? Yeah. right so it, it right. is so uh, uh webflow pretoria like different cities so he ran the one in pretoria the cape town one was just dormant uh, there was no events happening and then I just decided, I said, listen, dude, I'm going to reach out to, to the previous leader and ask him if I can take it over because nothing's happening here. And I just looked at the data. Most of the people attending the online meetup in Pretoria were from Cape Town. So I'm like, we might as well just start one. <laughs> or, uh, yeah, you might as well just uh, reopen or restart that community here. And that's where we started uh, growing the community in Cape Town as well. Brilliant. And it feels good to be part of that. It does. Eh? It does. Um, um, the joy I get from people learning, not just from us, but um, from other experts in the, in, the, in the field. Just giving back. I mean, we both find a lot of value in giving back to others. So it's been a few years, really, since you, yeah, because it kind of ties in with COVID. Four, four years, yeah. Come oh, yeah. February, oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, it's um, insane. This is my actually my probably my fourth business that I've had. I've had like three clothing brands. So I, I was back in the day, I was big into t-shirts, designing for t-shirts. So I just decided, okay, let me just create. So I had three uh, clothing brands that didn't work out. A few years back, I also freelanced for two years. I chowed through my savings, and then I okay, I have to go work again. But now I feel like I'm a more, much more smart, if I can put it that way, uh, or wiser um, in terms of how to deal with your finances, how to save up for rainy days, how to get leads in, how to reach out, how to create content. All of, I, I think all of the, my failures actually helped me uh, right now. I mean, they prepared me for this business, uh, I would say. Now, Robert, if you could... Tell your younger self one thing about being freelance. What would that be? The one thing I would say, um, I would tell myself is uh, don't be afraid to take risks. Right? A lot of time, I think, especially in my community, fear tends to keep us back from achieving the things that we want to achieve. Um, and I, when I went on freelancing, I took a massive risk. I didn't know if things were going to work out. Taking a risk, learning from your mistakes, learning from your failures, super important. If you don't learn from them, uh, you won't know what your next step will be. So uh, keep that in mind. And also remember that, you know, the, the more you test and experiment, the better you'll get at what you are trying to achieve. Brilliant having you on. Thank you so much. Go to beingfreelance.com as there are for all of our guests. You can click through uh, and find out more about Robert. We'll put links to the podcast as well, which is called Navigate the Web, 
right? Navigate the web, yeah. And if you happen to be in Cape Town in South Africa and you're into Webflow, then um, get yourself along to that meetup. Go and find out more about that as well if you're in that area. Yeah, go to beingfreelance.com. All of that is there. Uh, also links through to the course for new freelancers, for the community, so that you can come and hang out with other freelancers. Um, as Robert says, it makes such a difference being around other people. You'll also find links to uh, – I'll put a link to Rand's episode because he's been mentioned in this podcast, so you can go back and listen to his episode of being freelance as well but for now robert thank you so much and all the best being freelance thank you steve thanks for having me man appreciate it much love to everyone there goes robert thank you to him um okay new episode every other week at the moment so i'll see you very soon indeed for another one of these but also i'm hanging out every day on instagram at being freelance i'm on linkedin uh, look for being freelance and for steve folland that's me or of course daily in the being freelance community go to beingfreelance.com all the details are there and i will see you in there soon in the meantime you have a great week being freelance <laughs>